How many of us have ever uh, cracked under pressure? <laughs> we laugh because um, obviously this wasn't in my notes, but uh, we had one job this morning is to light the purple candle. Um, there's no candle in there. Um, <laughs> that was, you know, it's like everybody has this long list of things. And I guess putting the candle in the red candle was, was just, I'll do that later. Uh, we'll make sure to get that for the second service. Um, so, you know, uh, that's always like the childhood fantasy, right? Like you have, like, it's always this 10 seconds left on the clock. You, you have, you know, you, the, the timer is ticking down and he takes his shot. The girl gets on the train and oh, it's going to go, Right? Like, there's, this, there's this, always this tension, this, this childhood fantasy that, you know, the pressure is on, and you're, a va- like you're ready, you're in the right place at the right time, and what, right? You miss the shot. No, no, like, the bomb goes off. No, the girl drives, like, goes, gets away, you get stuck in traffic, right? No, like, the way that the story is supposed to go is you, you shoot, and you, you score, Right? But that's just like, that's not always exactly how it happens. I, I remember um, as a, a good middle school story, um, I learned that I was actually good at running in middle school, and it was during PE class, and like we would run, and then we would say our time in front of the whole class at the end, and so we would all be announcing our time, and every single time my voice cracked. And I was like, so it would be like, all right, uh, Grant Davis, and Arthur, uh, and every single time, my time, and I, I would like coach myself, because it happened, like we were practicing running, it was like our UPE unit, and every single time, I cracked. And I was like, oh, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure that like perpetuated. Uh, today I'm going to share a story, a similar story, where under pressure, we're going to see that our main character is going to crack. Um, but I don't want his failure, his cracking under pressure to distract us, the real, um, the real message here, which is his failure should point us to Jesus. His failure should point us to the, the grand story of what God is trying to accomplish. So I want us to turn really quickly, uh, or as, as long as you need, uh, Luke 1. So we're going to be starting in verse 5. Um, and, and I'm going to read it in chunks, um, and then, then we're going to kind of visit it, and then I'm going to read some more, and then uh, time willing, and I, I do want to uh, make sure that we're staying on track, but uh, I'll read through the whole thing during the conclusion. So starting in verse 5, and we'll read, I'll read this time through 14. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. And both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth is not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time 
for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. So I'm... I'm always really big about connecting, making sure, you know, when, when you're talking about education and, and trying to help students um, create a framework to be able to learn lessons or, or learn information, it's always it's such, such a vital uh, part that you're not just presenting a random piece of information that's disconnected from everything else. Um, so while I was preparing this lesson, I, I really did want to make sure that we make those connections. and so. Today, the, the message is to come home because hope lives here. And, and, and this, is, this is exactly what we're going to see here, is that the, Zechariah was going through his routine. As a priest, uh, you are like, you only get, this is that under pressure moment. Because you actually only get to do this part of the job once in a lifetime. And they, like it says in the text, it's, it's cast, they cast lots to decide who is the one. So if he is very old and he is still in the rotation, that means that there is a whole bunch of times where he showed up and they cast a lot and it wasn't his turn. And I can't imagine that that is in the back of his mind because how many other families, friends, did he celebrate children and it was also not yet his time? And, and, and that, that you struggle with that because, you know, especially for, they made sure to, to say they were very old, um, which I think is only to draw a connection to Abraham um, but at the same time, we have this list of different characters. And, and so, obviously, we have Zechariah, we have Elizabeth, we have uh, the angel of the Lord, we have the worshipers, we have baby John that's introduced right there um, in verse uh, 13 and 14. But we cannot miss the most important character, which is God himself. That God is up to something. God is up to something. And this is the beginning of what he is doing. And, you know, Zechariah is like probably thinking through his, you know, training. He's like, okay, what do I do when I, you know, have to, you know, do the incense in front of the altar? And it's, it's a, it, you literally, it is, that, it is that clutch moment for him. Because there's no one, like, there's no one else in there with him. He's sent in alone. And the whole, the whole country is counting on him, because if he messes it up, you know, then he could, you know, the wrath of God could, in, in, you know, could affect all the people. And so, this is that moment. And then, 
something big happens, and we're going to see he's, he's kind of kind of dropped the ball. He's going to fumble. Um, he's gripped with fear. Uh, and, but what is God up to? So we see that Zechariah doesn't come out of this story like looking awesome, but God is bringing hope. That is what, that is the message. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. A son is coming. We see, in, we see there in verse 14, he will be a joy and a delight. Hope lives here. So we see that God is in the business of bringing people home. So the angel arrives. He tells Zechariah not to be afraid, but then he tells him exactly the one thing that he has been failing to do, right? He and Elizabeth, they, they I mean, priestly class, he, he definitely has a certain amount of privilege in his life, and he cannot have children, they cannot have children. They, they've gone through their whole life, and they are very old. And it's like, that's what the angel brings up first. And I can't imagine Zechariah, like, after he's afraid, he's like, really? Like, that's the one thing that you bring up? Like, like the, the, the one thing that, like, we've been struggling with, our whole, my biggest pain? That's the thing that you bring up first? That's supposed to make me feel less afraid? Um, but it's because that gives us the opportunity. Those pains, those things, those failures open up the opportunity for hope. We always forget that that's, that's how those things work. Because if life was always perfect, there, we would have no hope. Because we wouldn't need it. Everything's all good. So he walks in here and we see what is going to happen next. We have this incredible joy and delight here. We'll start in verse 14, and then we'll keep going. He, this is John the Baptist, who's going to be born. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of, sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So God is in the business of bringing people home. That this, this hope that God is telling Zechariah, he doesn't say, hey, you've wanted this son your whole life, I'm going to give it to you. No, no, he, he says, I'm going to give it to you and he's going to be set apart. He has a bigger mission. This isn't about your issues. God has a big plan. And Zechariah's failures, although we're going to see we're not even done yet, they're so small compared to the plan that God has. 
God is in the business of bringing people home of reconciliation. Of reconciliation. Today's challenge that we can, we can gain, we can gather from this, it is this story that we are to be bringing reconciliation. We should be coming home. We should come home. So for, for members of our church, my challenge is welcome home. Love lives here. Love lives here. Welcome home. Now, for guests or those that are, you know, they're here because this is that season where you, you know, you check off the church box and then you go the rest of the year. And, you know, I think that we all have different seasons. But I also feel that I want you, come home. Come home. There is always room for one more. There's always room for one more. And I know that that, that, is, that is the message that, that we see that the purpose that John the Baptist is going to be sent on is it's not about Zechariah. It's not about Zechariah. It's not about, about Elizabeth. It's not about the worshipers that are waiting outside. It's not about Herod. It's not even about the angel. It's about God's plan that God is in the business of bringing people home. He wants people to come home. So we, we, we always like kind of struggle. It's like, well, come home. I mean, do you even know? Do you know? You don't know my story. Like, home, is, like, home, isn't, home isn't what you think it is. And, and I, I get it. I don't think there's anybody who has, like, who has grown up with family that's like, yeah, everything's great, perfect all the time. I saw so many memes last week uh, of just, you know, this thing happened, or, you know, it's that one topic that gets brought up, and then all of a sudden, I think there's even a commercial where two grandpas were choking each other, and, you know, and, and I think that that's, you know, that's the thing about family, right? Is that, yeah, family's pretty messy. I mean, do, if you think about it, th- this, is G- this is God through the angel, telling Zechariah that he, that John is going to be bringing people home. The hearts of the parents of their children, the disobedient to wisdom of the righteous, and to make people ready for the Lord. God, you read the Old Testament. Holy cow, talk about a messy family, right? I mean, in 2 Kings, in 2 Kings 6, there's literally cannibalism. I'm pretty sure that's not on the list of problems in, 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 in families. Usually that's a pretty, you know, extreme, okay? Judges 19, we have, we have just really like trauma, like some pretty serious trauma where somebody ends up getting cut up and mailed uh, to the other like family member. It's really crazy. Judges 20, then they're like, oh, well, we got to fix this. So then they murder 25,000 people, Right? Like, that's, talk about family drama. Don't even get me started on Hosea, right? Like, you know, the minor prophets, it gets wild. And that's the group that God is calling. Come home. Come home. God is in the business 
of reconciliation. God is in the business of inviting us to come home. Let's keep going. Verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel. So we're going to see he's going to switch, right? First he was afraid, and now, now maybe offended a little bit. And now, now we're going to go a different direction. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. <laughs> Why don't we listen? It's, it's so often, like, I, I find that this is so fascinating because uh, I think every time we read, like, passages like this, um, you know, you think about Gideon, you think about Moses, you, th- you know, there's just so many examples of, of God showing up um, and then people are like, I don't know. But I think that that is the, that is the message is that like when it's, like when it's go time, you know, when, when it is that, that clutch moment, there's always that, there, there, there's at first the enthusiasm where you're like, this is it. This is the time. This is my time to shine. And then, then there's that, that's the next moment. Before you've actually done anything. Nobody actually sees this happening. But then you're like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, there, wasn't, there wasn't a purple candle. You know, you, you give yourself all of these reasons why, oh, I mean, I can't, I don't know. I'm old. Yeah, that was, that was Zachariah's excuse. You know, Moses, well, I, I don't speak good, you know? It's like, Gabriel's like, what? Are you kidding? Uh, and, and, and I think that there's, there's a couple things that I, I want. I, I want us to, to consider because I, at first, I think that we want to we wanna blame Zechariah. We want to say like, oh, well, you know, if I was, you know, if I would do it, it's like the, the armchair priest, right? Uh, you know, if I, if I had an opportunity to do this, I'd totally listen to Gabriel. Um, but I, I think that if we're really honest, like, chances are we would probably do the same thing. We probably would. Um, so I, I, I feel that why don't we listen well, I think that there is a genuineness to, to the truth that I think so sometimes we just don't know. Like, we just have, we have no clue. We miss it. We're not, we're not prepared. We're not ready. We're not, we're not paying attention. And, and um, I want to draw attention to, just really quickly, I want you to stay in Luke 1, but in, in Matthew 22, there's this wild story that it's never, I've never gotten over because it's just so unexpected where the Pharisees are questioning Jesus about, uh, about an, a topic uh, and they're you know, trying to sound really smart and everybody respects them. And Jesus replies in Matthew uh, 22, 29, he says, you are in error because you don't know scripture or the power of God. 
It's like these are the guys that memorized the scriptures. And that's Jesus' response to them about their question. And they're just like, everybody's like, wait, what? Like, I've read the whole, I've read the whole thing, right? I've read it all. Yeah, but do we know what God's up to? Just because you read it doesn't mean that it's actually sunk in. doesn't mean that you're paying attention to what's going on. And then we also see, I mean, so many. I mean, this is just one example, but in Luke, 20, in Luke 12, in Luke 12, 35, we're going to, like, we see that this, this entire passage about, you know, be ready. Be dressed and ready for surface, service and keep your lamps burning. Because you're, you, don't want to be miss, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to be the servant that's asleep. And I mean, the passage goes on and talks about the servant that's, you know, that's drunk or, or asleep or far away. They don't think they beat the other servants because they don't think God's coming back. That's, and and that's, that's Jesus' words to, to all of us. We've got to pay attention that just showing up doesn't mean that we are actually paying attention that we're ready, that we know what God is up to, and that we're, that we're prepared. Because Zechariah was in the right place at the right time. He, was, he thought he was prepared. I mean, he's been preparing his whole life for this opportunity to go before the altar and offer the incense. And now, all of a sudden, there's an angel. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't expecting that. And, and now he's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. And, and I can't help, um, I can't help but like just, do, do, we, do we believe that God is in the business of bringing people home? Like at the, when the rubber meets the road of our faith, like do we really believe that? Do we really believe that there is no one that is too far that can't be reconciled? And I get it. Man, family is hard. Family is so hard. Because, man, there's nobody on earth that can hurt us more deeply than our own family, right? Gosh, those wounds. And it, it, we all have them. It's not like anybody is exempt. But, man, God is in the business of bringing hope. And we need to believe that. South Sub. We need to believe that. And we need to believe that hope can be found at home. And by home, I, I don't necessarily just mean like here, but in our community. In our community, that's in, in relationship with Jesus. That's, that's where the hope is found. And so why don't, so like, why don't we listen? Well, there's this quote by George MacDonald, who is a Scottish pastor, author, poet uh, from the 1800s. And I, I heard this, and I, I just I couldn't get it out of my head. And it took me a while to find where I heard it, um, because I was like, oh, man. Where? And uh, man finds it hard to get what he wants, because he does not want the best. And God finds it hard to give, because he would give the best. And man will not take it. Hmm. Abriel is here. 
like Zechariah is like, I, I can't imagine, you know, this is his moment, and, and Zechariah is giving, he's offering this incredible hope, and he tells himself, I don't, I don't know. Yes, I mean, I've wanted a kid my entire life. I've wanted this one thing my entire life, and now you're going to say that I'm going to be able to get it? Don't get my hopes up. You're saying that there's a, there's a home for me? That I can come home and, and that I, I will be, like, welcomed? I don't get my hopes up. I, I, have, a, I have a safe place that I've walled myself off to. I don't want to get hurt again. Why is another reason we don't listen? Well, I think the sad part is sometimes we don't like what we're going to hear. We just don't like it. We have, we have a different idea of, of how this is like, God, no, no, God, I want you to do it this way. You know, I, I know, I've been around. And, uh, you know, we, we always give a list of, oh, well, you know, I've seen things. Uh, or I have this degree or, or this experience, God. So, uh, so God, you're mistaken. Um, and, uh, and we need to do it this way. You know, Gabriel, he's like, I stand before, are you kidding? Like, are we having this conversation right here? Like, and it's, it's you know, with the root of it, it is this idea that I think that deep down, sometimes we don't believe. We don't believe that God is in the business of hope and reconciliation. We don't believe that this is the place to find that. It's, it's this idea of, in Luke, in Luke chapter 13, where we have this, this lament that Jesus says. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often have I longed to gather you together, to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing. It's like, hmm. Not right now, God. The, the game's on. N- not right now, God. I just got a promotion. Not right now, God. I, I, I have some, this thing to look forward to. No, no, God, wait. This isn't in my plan. I, I need, uh, let's, let's wait. Let's punt, right? God, don't, not right now. <laughs> I, I, uh, I just couldn't help in the, when I read this to think of that funny scene from the Lorax. Um, where the onceler, uh, who is kind of the main character, uh, you know, he's starting his business of chopping down uh, the biblo trees. And, uh, and we have uh, this character, the Lorax, uh, who in the movie, um, you know, there's just lightning and thunder. and Because after the first tree that he chops down, all of a sudden the Lorax, and he's there. And, you know, he's talking. And, and, and of course... The one sword doesn't notice that he came. Um, and so, you know, he's about his business. And then the lark says, did you chop down this tree? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Um, and, and he's like, you, you, can't, you can't do this. And he goes, well, who are you? 
And he's like, well, I'm the guardian of the trees. Didn't you, didn't you see me? I just, there was lightning and, and thunder and stuff. And, and the monster replies, no, but that sounds cool. Can you do more of that? Right? It's like, you know, Zechariah, it's like this angel just appeared. He's like, I stand before God. And, and here Zechariah is questioning. And, and that's us. That's us. So, I mean, the question, of course, is, okay, so, I mean, I have all these, these really good excuses, um, and so why, but what, gosh, what if, what if I try and come home? What if I give church a shot? What if I give community, give my relationship with Jesus a shot? And I get rejected, because I got this past where I was hurt by, and you can fill in the blank, I tried to come to church. I tried to open up to community. I tried, trust me, I've also been really hurt. But the truth is, man, then you're just right there with Jesus. Because Jesus comes home, and then what's the end of that story? He is despised and rejected. And he knew he knew he was going to, he came home, he came to invite us home, and he knew the end of the story. He knew what was going to happen, and he still did it anyway. Because God is in the business of hope. He's in the business of bringing people home and reconciliation. So, let's keep going. Verse 21. Meanwhile, the people that were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple, and when he came out, he could not speak. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, and, uh, but remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she remained in seclusion. And the Lord, uh, the Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace from among the people. Wow. Elizabeth didn't argue. She was ready. And she was ready to give glory to God. Not be spiteful. God, you, you waited so long for this. How dare you? you? You didn't do it on my schedule. No, she's just thankful. She's just ready. And it wasn't supposed to be this way. I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that, that, that God didn't create it this way. And, and there's this just powerful quote uh, that I, I heard a couple years ago, uh, and it's, you know, there's so many good ones from C.S. Lewis, but um, I want to show you that if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. That is absolutely true, South Sub. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. So God is in the business of bringing good news. God is in the business of bringing good news. He is in the business of restoration, 
of restoration. It wasn't supposed to be this way. God did not create Elizabeth to be barren. But before, before we start trying to scribble in blanks here, I don't, I don't want you to miss this because God did not create life to die. God did not create marriage so that we could mess it up and, and, and go through the pain of divorce. God did not make children so that we would have to spend all this money. There's such a burden. I have to pay for all this stuff. That's not why God made children. That's not why God has given us these gifts. It's like, oh God, you gave me a home, but then the foundation was cracked. Come on. No, God has, God has made this. He's given us, there's so many answers to this question that I think all of us can fill in those blanks. God did not create blank to blank. And God is, in the, God is in the business of bringing good news. Not bad news. God didn't, God's not out there just getting some kind of, you know, oh, I can't wait to mess up this part of your life, or I can't wait to see what you do when you do this, or when this bad thing happens. No, God is in the business of giving good news. And man, it's just, there's so much disappointment, and it's not because of God. God, God is working. God is bringing hope. God is, is inviting people home. And yet we have all this disappointment in our lives. And, and, and so I want us to hear that, that come home because family lives here. Family lives here. That, that God wants us to come home because the family is where that hope is, is going to come from. The hope. Hope is found not in our successes because the truth is all of us, all of us have failed in that clutch moment, right? All of us miss the point. All of us, you know, don't defuse the bomb and it goes off. You know, whatever the situation is, we are full of disappointments. I mean, even, even today, there's like all these different steps that Joe just nails because he's done this for so long. Uh, and we have the notes page that we hand out and we have a notes page for small groups and we got, you know, slides and uh, and I, I didn't check them all as good as I probably could have. Uh, but this is the place where hope, we're going to find that. We're going to find that grace. We're going to find the goodness. And that Jesus, it, he comes for the people that, that miss the, the final game scoring point, right? Because he's the one that does it. And we come to him because we mess up in those clutch moments. And he doesn't. Never will. And that Jesus comes for the sick. So I, I want to encourage us to come home because hope, hope lives here. Um, in Hebrews 6, um, it says, And so waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by something greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to the argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by the two unchanging things in which it is impossible for God to lie, 
we who have fled, fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for, our, for the soul, firm and secure. It enters in the sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf and he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Mm, that hope is an anchor. And it's not, it is always on God's time. It's always on God's time. So God is in the business of bringing people home, of reconciliation. And we often don't listen. But he is still in the business of bringing good news despite our not listening. And he wants to bring restoration. And he wants to bring us to come home. Because hope lives here. Hope lives here. So where, South Sub, where do we need that hope? Where do you need that hope in your life? And where can you bring hope? Where can you bring hope? I, I've been talking, we've been just trying to work out what we're going to do. Um, and I, and I want to make uh, kind of a, a stretch goal. So I know that Joe has been giving some like, Christmas challenges, and I'm, I'm totally on board. I love it. And I want to I offer you a stretch goal of an opportunity to put this to action. But I understand it, it's a stretch goal. It, it's not for everybody. But we have Christmas this year. Uh, we have Christmas on, on Sunday. And we all know that Christmas evening is like a weird time where like, everything's closed and there's nothing to do. So you just kind of hang out. But for some people, that is the loneliest experience. They, they, they just sit and what, watch TV? Because there's nobody. I, I want to challenge you guys. Um, there's, a, there's a list outside uh, at the Welcome Center. Uh, Joe's going to be there after the first service. I'm going to be there with Joe after the second service. Um, welcome home for Christmas, a host list. If you're a host, you have an opportunity to bring hope to others. And you, you think that maybe, maybe I can open my home for like a Christmas evening meal. Um, I want you to really think about signing up for that as a host. Nobody's going to be forced to. If you're like, man, I don't, that sounds terrible. Or I'm not going to be in town. That's okay. But I want, I want you to really think about if you can be that person for others, that you can bring hope. You can open your home. And we're going to really work hard to make sure that nobody is like, I opened my home for two and 32 came up. No. You, you can tell us how much you can host. If you're like, I can host one family. Great. But I want us to think about that because God is in the business of hope. And come home. Hope lives here.